Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are going to be continuing our study in Hebrews chapter 11 and of course looking at the idea that faith affects. And we're going to be looking at the concept that faith affects our actions and we're going to continue looking at the story and the narrative of Noah. And of course, he was a man who not only walked with God, but had great faith. And so I hope that as we go and we look at the life of Noah and we see the actions that he took, that you can apply the faith that Noah had to your life. But let's get into our text this morning here in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 7, and it says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he, being dead, still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death. And was not found, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Now, here we see that Noah, he not only did he go and uh, what was he divinely warned of things not yet seen, but he moved with a godly fear and he prepared an ark. He prepared an ark. And faith affects our actions. We see that Noah believed God. And as he believed God, it wasn't just something that he believed intellectually, but it caused him to change the way that he lived. He had real evidences that went along with his faith. And we see that it changed his actions. It affected his actions. We see that it starts off that he moved with a godly fear. He moved with a godly fear. Now, the definition here of, uh, of a godly fear, it's the idea, of course, of reverence. It's also the idea of circumspect. That would be another word that would be used here. And that, that means to look about cautious, guarded, or in a serious manner. Noah lived his life in a circumspect way. He, he was looking about, he was cautious, he was guarded. It was a serious matter. He took what God said seriously. He actually feared God. It's not just this simple idea that, oh, I've got some respect that I, I, I put towards God, but that he actually went and he, he looked at what God had to say, and he carefully looked around, he surveyed his circumstances, and he acted in a serious manner. See, Noah took the instruction from God very serious, and it showed in his actions. We think about that. That is an incredibly important thing to have in your life. Now, when I say this, what I'm reminded of is a race that I had back when I was probably, oh, five years old. I was racing a couple of my cousins, and we were running to the park, and and we were told to, to go into race. But as we're running there, all of a sudden, we had to cross a street. And as we had to cross the street, 
there's a crosswalk right there. And my, my mom always had a rule that when we came to the crosswalk, we had to stop, look both ways, and then you couldn't run through the crosswalk. You had to walk through the crosswalk. And I, you know, being a little bit older, I, I understand now that's so you wouldn't make it in a, in a, uh, make it really close when cars were coming. But we were running and I was up in front of my, my cousins, you know, had a, had a couple, uh, you, you know, just a, a couple of a paces on them. And we came to the crosswalk. And, and what did we do? Well, I stopped. I looked both ways and I slowly walked across the road, telling them that they needed to do that, too, as they just ran across the street. There were no cars in sight. It's a small town there. You know, the, the, the three cars that were in the town, they were on the other side of town. So it wasn't a big deal. But. What ended up happening was I went and I appealed to the judges. I said, look, I, I, I did what I was supposed to do. They didn't. And so they got disqualified from the race and I won the race. I'll just put that out there. I won the race. can go ahead and brag on that just a little bit. Won a race when I was five years old. Last time I won a race probably. But what I want to point out about that is that there was a circumspect aspect. I took it serious that crosswalk. And that's the type of way that we should be living our life when it comes to what God says. We should pay attention to what God says, and we should go and look at it as literal truth, and we should conform our life to match that literal truth as we walk circumspectly according to God's word. We shouldn't be flippant about it. And Noah was not flippant about it. But he walked circumspect. He stopped and he looked both ways to the crosswalk and he went accordingly, according to the danger that could be coming. And he walked inside of the lines and according to the rules. But the next thing that Noah did was that he prepared the ark. He prepared the ark. Now, this word, it means to prepare fully, to put it in readiness. See, Noah paid attention to each detail that God gave him. He paid attention to each detail, and his actions reflected that in readiness. He didn't forget to finish a room or to to, to you know not put pitch uh, on the uh, on the gopher wood, but he woke up each morning ready to work, and he did work, and he paid attention to the detail to get the job done and to get it done right. Now, of course, the scripture says that it is was for the saving of his household, for the saving of his household. Isn't that incredible? See, the ark is a picture of Christ and the church there. It's the only means of salvation from the flood when we go and we enter into the body of Christ, truly there. Of course, through Christ, we enter into the body. And many believe that, that it was large enough, this, this ark was large enough to hold at that point in time the world's entire population. It's a picture that there is, there is room at the cross for you. There is room in church for you. There is room in the body of Christ for you. But of course, you have to enter through the door. And who's the door? Well, Jesus is the door we know in John chapter 10. The people had an opportunity to accept, and they had no excuse to deny salvation. 
And of course, we know that Christ is the only means of salvation from our sin. His sacrifice was enough to pay for all sin, it tells us in 1 John 2, 2, and it tells us that he's not uh, he's the propitiation not for my sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. And whoever believes on him will be saved. But of course, there will be those who do not believe on Jesus Christ, who choose not to get into the ark. These were the actions that Noah took. He moved with a godly fear. He prepared an ark. It's clear that faith, that him hearing God's word, taking it as a title or a deed, and then having real evidences that it impacted, it affected his actions, the way that he was to live his life. But the question comes, how do you accept God's word? Do you believe God in such a way that it affects your actions? Do you take God's word seriously? Do you pay attention to his word? Is there a circumspect aspect to the way that you approach God's word? Are you actually reading God's word and studying it carefully? Or is it just a a, a quick checklist? Or is it just one of those things where it's just a habit or I'm just reading it as fast as I can because this is something that I'm supposed to do? Or do you actually stop and read God's word carefully because you want to know the dangers that God's word is pointing out? You want to know the details that God's word is pointing out. You know, do you pay attention to his warnings? See, in Mark chapter 13, verses 32 through 37, it says this, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when that time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and he gave his authority to his servants. And when each... Into uh, each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Therefore, for you do uh, do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening at midnight at the crowning of at the crowing, excuse me, of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Do you take the warnings of Christ serious? Do you do you stop and actually watch to see? when Jesus Christ is coming, and to see the signs of the times. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, it says this, Therefore, whoever, has, uh, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does uh, not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You know, I always like to point this out uh, about this passage of Scripture because I think it's really important. We hear that Jesus is, you know, telling us the story of that little kid's song that we sang in Sunday school, The Wise Man Built His House Upon the Rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand, the rains came down, the floods came up, the house on the rock stood firm, and the house on the sand went splat. But of course, who's the wise man? Well, the wise man is the one who hears the words of God and does the words of God. Well, who's the foolish man? Well, the foolish man still hears the word of God. He just doesn't apply it to his life. Faith doesn't affect his actions. If faith isn't affecting your actions, 
then the problem is, is that Jesus calls you a fool. Now, to some of you, you might need to hear this. It's also implicit in what Jesus is saying that there is someone who is worse than a fool, and that's the person who refuses to listen to God's word. If you put yourself in a position where you never hear God's word, or you rarely hear God's word, or you choose not to listen when God's word is presented, Jesus says you're worse than a fool. That's at least the implication of that passage. Because the wise man hears and does, the foolish man hears and doesn't do, well, that means there's still chance to be even worse than a fool to somebody who just refuses to hear. That's somebody who's worse than a fool. Do you have a circumspectness in your life? Are you being moved with godly fear? The next question is, is are you prepared to prepare fully? Isn't that an interesting idea that Noah didn't just halfway prepare, kind of prepare, but he prepared fully? Well, my mind immediately goes to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, where it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, or we could say fully prepared, for every good work. Well, what do you need in order to be fully prepared? You need God's Word in your life, consistently in your life. You know, there are so many people that I've encountered in my life who want to do great things for God. They're full of, uh, of enthusiasm. They're excited and everything like that. And they have big ideas. And they want to do great things for God, but they fizzle and they fade away. And why do they fizzle and fade away? Because they don't have the discipline of being daily in the word of God. They just don't really take it serious. They don't fully prepare themselves. You need to fully prepare yourself. And this means that you need to be in God's Word and you need to be constantly applying it to your life. See, Scripture will thoroughly equip you, moving you towards every good work. The idea is here that it will establish you. Scripture will establish you. If you want to be established in life, especially if you want to do something for God, you must be in Scripture you must have your life saturated with Scripture. Remember, our actions prove what part of our doctrinal statement we really believe, or in other words, real faith is real actions, or real faith has real evidences. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, or the actions that follow that title or that deed. Faith affects our actions. And this means that we need to put it into readiness. And that's what Noah did. He put the ark into readiness. It was ready to go. That means you need to wake up being ready to serve the Lord, not just on Sundays or at your midweek service, but every single day. When you wake up before your feet hit on the floor, is your heart already saying before the Lord, here am I, send me, because that's the attitude that we need to have. That's the heart's cry that we need to have. Now, this also means that you need to have certain things in your life. See, you can have a desire to witness, but are you ready to witness? There are a lot of people who want to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. They have that true desire to do that. They even have that intention, but I often question, are people ready to tell somebody about Christ? You know, do you have any Bible verses ready to quote? 
especially ones that have to do with the gospel. Because you need to remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can't share the gospel without sharing the word of God. So do you have God's word memorized? You know, you ought to have Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9, Romans 10.13, all memorized. That's that's the Romans road. You should also have John 1.12 memorized. You should also have Ephesians 2.8 and 9 memorized. You should also have, I could keep going, John 3.16 memorized. I know that's a simple one. It's important to have 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 memorized, Hebrews 9, 22 memorized. Are, are, are you prepared to share the gospel from the word of God? These are verses that you ought to have memorized. Are you fully prepared? Are you ready? Are you putting your life into readiness? Can you show someone how to be saved from the Bible? You may have to stop and prepare. And, and, and if you need some, some help, you know, preparing, feel free to send me a message, uh, you know, send me, whether it's in a comment and say, Hey, I, I love those verses that you said we need to memorize. You know, can you just put them out? I'll put them out in a, uh, in a blog post or something like that. That's not a big deal. Uh, I could do that for you, but, but let me know if that's something that you'd like. Also, when you go to serve, have you put prayer into preparation? You know, a church will only go as far as it prays and you will never be greater than your prayer life. You will never be greater than your prayer life. That's the greatest preparation that you can have in your life. Have you really stopped and prayed about what you are called to go and do about the service that you're about to perform? The other question is, is is your attitude right? Remember the second verse of the song, Obedience, you know, walking in the light, keeping your attitude right on the narrow way. For if we believe the word we receive, we always will obey. What is that second verse saying? It's saying, look, Hebrews 11, 1, it's saying, look, be prepared. Look, be ready. Have your attitude ready to serve the Lord. See, faith, ultimately, it affects your actions. Noah believed God, and he went to work in a serious manner, and he prepared. If you believe God in his word, he, excuse me, you will take his word seriously and you will serve him in a ready, prepared manner. So prepare yourself and be ready so that faith can affect your actions. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is Uh, written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, but even in darkness we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can